Thank you, Lord. We give you every praise and honor. Have your way, Jesus. Let your word have impact on us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Give him praise and take your seat. Amen. Thank all those of you who were able to join our um, midnight prayers. Thank you all very much. Amen. So we're doing a series on the weapons of our warfare. Please, it's part three. So go straight to where the part three destiny, the weapons of our warfare. You can find it, I think, in slide 10. The weapons of our warfare, part three. Now, part three is the B of part two. So I started talking to you last week on, on the armor of God. So today I brought in a Roman soldier here. Amen. The armor of God. So I have this in my office. It's been with me for several years and it's always positioned at where I see it. And it reminds me that I have, I'm in a warfare and I have to always be ready for battle. Always be ready for battle. And uh, I'm going to try to use it to explain to you how the Christian must be prepared for battle. Amen. Our main scripture for this series is 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Why our weapons not carnal? Why our weapons spiritual? Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world. The rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. Because the war war warfare that we are engaging is not physical but spiritual, God has given us spiritual weapons as Christians. So I'm summarizing the introduction because I have thought this, this is the third time I'm going through that. Now in part one of the weapons of our warfare, I spoke about the hand of God. In part two, I spoke about the armor of God. And in part three, I'm going to continue to talk about the armor of God. So we are looking at the armor of God. So go to slide 18. The armor of God. So the Bible talks about the fact that every Christian must put on this, must be like this. I explained to you last week that Paul, who wrote this, used the dressing of the Roman soldier of his time to describe how the Christian should dress spiritually. So, number one, you must put on the belt of truth. So this is the belt of truth. Put on the belt of truth. And it's here. So let me show you from here. The belt of truth. So this is the belt of truth. You wear it here. And the belt of truth holds all the other parts of the armor. Okay? And then number two is the breastplate of righteousness. That is it. I'll talk as the series goes on, I will explain to you the breastplate of righteousness to protect the heart. Okay? The belt of truth is to hold all the armor together. The breastplate of righteousness is to protect the heart. Now, all these parts of the armor tells us where Satan is targeting in our lives and what Satan is using to target these parts of our lives. Okay? So, number three, is the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. And the Bible talks about the fact that it's a shoe. So you see here. We'll talk about it as the series goes on. And then number four, the shield of faith. The shield of faith is here. We will talk about it. And then number five is the helmet of salvation. To protect your mind. The helmet of salvation. So do you see, you see the picture that I'm trying to convey? This is the helmet of salvation. This has been in my office for years, so, and it's always positioned at where I can see it. So I'm always remembered 
that I am engaged in spiritual warfare. Okay? And then we have um, number six, the sword of the spirit. Unfortunately, this, this soldier has a javelin, but you imagine a sword. So the sword of the spirit. So this is, this is Bishop Titi affair for you. In, in the realms of the spirit, this is the way witches and wizards, they see me. If you like, ask the witches in the church. No, 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 I mean it. Ask the wizards in the church. How they have tried to do everything to collapse my ministry, destroy my marriage, scatter my children, fight my finances. They have shot different arrows. But when they come, this is the way they see. Armed for battle. Ready to fight. Are you here? And so the purpose of this series is to bring you, is to let you look like this. Is to let you, some of you, you have a helmet of salvation, but not the breastplate of righteousness. So, so, so the devil can shoot things into your heart. Bitterness, lies, grudges, and all those things. So even though you are a Christian, you understand the, the benefits of your salvation. Okay? But yet, you are bitter, you are angry. Like our service is going on right now, somebody will tell you a lie. Somebody will complain to you. You see, and the devil shoots bitterness into your heart. You will see something you don't like. And then you get angry. The devil just shoots anger into your heart. So even though you have a helmet of salvation, you don't have the breastplate of righteousness. So that, that is what we call the successful failure syndrome. You may be successful in one area of your Christian life, but a failure in the other area of your Christian life. Like, for instance, you don't bring souls to church because you are not wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace. And when you are not wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace, any trap can catch you. So I want you to be fully armed. And that is the purpose of this series. To make sure you are fully armed. To make sure you are armed to the teeth. How many of you want to be armed to the teeth? Because when you are armed to the teeth, you succeed. You see, the... When you are victorious in the realms of the spirit, it manifests in the physical. When you are defeated in the realms of the spirit, it manifests in the physical. You see, all these financial crises, all these marital crises, all these health problems, all these difficulties, and all those things going on, is an indication of you losing in the realms of the spirit. But all this success in marriage, success in your academ academia, in academics, success in, in your finances are indication of what you are winning in the spirit. Now, the physical does not affect the spirit, but the spirit affects the physical. Are, are you here? And as a Christian, your life is not a physical life. Your life is a spiritual life. You only contact the physical because you live in this world. But when the trumpet sounds and we go to heaven, we are, you, you see the real life. The real life of the believer is what happens in heaven. But you can still live heaven on earth by applying these principles I'm teaching you. Are you here? By applying these principles I am teaching you. So last week we started talking about the belt of truth. Now, immediately we went on the belt of truth. I tried to establish that the reason why we are supposed to wear the belt of truth is because one of the most efficient and effective weapons of the devil are lies. Are lies. And you need the belt of truth to be able to defend yourself. So I started sharing with you the... Um, these things. I'm going to summarize them and then I'll conclude on today's message. So today is a conclusion of last week's message. Okay? Now, I shared with you last week the eight most dangerous lies that can destroy you. The lies about God. I told you how Satan tells you lies about God. That God does not exist. God will not answer your prayer. God is not faithful. Satan will tell you things about lies about God. Now, the lies about you, Satan will tell you, you don't deserve grace. God will judge you. You amount to nothing. If you believe it, 
Satan will control your life. Now, the lies about your church. The church doesn't care. The church doesn't love. I remember some time ago, there was this, this demonic move in one of the branches of this church. Everybody in that branch says, there is no love at the headquarters. And the headquarters people, they gossip. So I called four people, four people to my office. And when I started hearing those things, I decided to ignore it. But then the thing gained grounds. That people who used to even come to weekday service and prayer factory at the headquarters they stopped coming. And then when you ask that, oh, they gossip too much. And there is no love. So I called four people to my office. I said, tell me one lie, one gossip you have heard about, about yourself at the headquarters. You, you, you. All the four people said, daddy, come to take of it. Since I joined this church, have you heard one gossip about me? So I said, so why do you believe this? He said, daddy, it's the work of the devil. I said, yes! The devil is telling a lie. The devil can package a very good lie and tell you about your church where God has placed you to be blessed. And you will stay in the church and you will never get blessed. And sometimes it's the people you trust in the church that the devil will use to tell you that lie. Don't you wonder somebody has been in the church for 15 years and you have just come to church for one year and the person is telling you, this church, eh? This church, eh? This you should know that this lie is from the pit of hell. Because if that is the way the church is, why have we been here for 15 years? No, who is keeping you here? Who has tied your leg? Who has begged you to stay here? Nobody. But because you have become a channel of demonic lies, that's why you tell these lies. Now look at a person's life. The 15 years you have been here, you were not married when you came, but you are married here. In fact, you met the person you are, you, who married you here in this church. The 15 years you have been here, so many things have happened. Probably you have even given birth to children as a result of the blessing in this church. Probably you have even gotten a job, promotion. You have finished university as a result of the blessings in this church. And yet, yet you tell people that this is a bad church. You see, you have become a serpent. You see, a serpentine spirit is operating through you. Say, Lord, help me. You know those I'm talking to, they are not, they are not saying anything. Those who are feeling this, ah, did daddy, did somebody tell daddy what I said? It's not that daddy is preaching against me. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's against you. No, no, this sermon is against you. No, 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 this sermon is against you. Okay, okay, can I move on? Now, the lies about Satan. Satan tells you lies about himself. Oh, I don't exist. I don't, I'm not here and there. So last week I taught you that. And then, Satan tells you lies about God's word. This one is white people who are brought you to deceive us. Hey, this, the Bible was written over a period of, is this 2,000 years? 2,000 years. By 4,000 authors. Oh, 40, 40 authors. 40 people wrote the Bible. And across 40 I've got 2,000 years, eh? They never met each other. Most of them didn't meet each other. Some were shepherds. Some were intellectuals. Some, I mean, some were even drunkards. But there's one thing that runs through the whole Bible. Every chapter of the Bible, every chapter of the Bible talks about Jesus. Every, every page, every verse, you will see Jesus there. It can be somebody who has sat down and has planned with another person and then they write and then they connect it and then they connect it, they connect it. Who are they, God? They can have the brains to do that. It is supernatural. The Bible is the most, most fought against book. It had been burnt in countries. People were killed by, for translating it. People were, were, I mean, killed. Families were destroyed because they tried to translate the Bible. But guess what happened? The Bible is still here. It is an all-time bestseller. Even those who don't believe in the Bible quote it to make sense. When you are trying to make sense, even people in, from other religion, people from other religion, they need the Bible to make sense. Or if their religion does not make sense. So they need the Bible to make sense. Now look at me. The Bible has changed my life. 
Look at me standing here. I have built my whole life on the Bible. One of the things I love about Honorable Ita is that God has blessed him. God has exalted him. He sits in the, in the corridors of power and with great men, but always shares his testimony of the impact of the Bible on his life. One day I will give him the pulpit only to share his testimony. And you will be amazed. You will be amazed at how the Bible can transform lives. <laughs> Are you here? But the devil will lie to you about the Bible. Now the devil lies to you about people. I told you about how the devil told me that a sister has disrespected me. And I was so bitter. And little I realized that the sister even didn't see me. Oh yeah. Like right now that I'm, I'm preaching, eh? the devil can tell you that he's speaking against you. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. It's you, it's you. Uh, are you here with me? Do you, do you understand what I'm, I'm sharing with you? Okay. Now, now, the devil also lies about pastors. I'm telling you. There are all these things going on. Pastors are doing business with the church. They are doing business with the church. I told you last week that I run a crap business school. I run other businesses. This is not a good business. I've been here for about 20 something years. Look at the number of people here. And those who are close to me, they know what I'm talking about. How much I put in in running this church. But I just ran a crap business school for some few years. And God has really blessed me. My pocket be deep. Are, are you here? Yeah. So church is not a good business. But like I proposed to you the last time. Anybody here who feels church is business. And I'm running a business with a church. Who doesn't want a good business? Go start a church tomorrow. No, come forward here right now. I'll bless you. I will ordain you. In fact, I will ordain you a bishop. I will consecrate you a bishop. Eh? And send you forth right now. And I'll give you five years. You will come back. You kneel down. You will beg me. That please, please, deconsecrate me. <laughs> my, my life is a mess. My life is a mess. I don't want to be involved in this. I'm always under pressure. Always. God is your boss. You are always checking yourself to see, Father, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the, the, the am I doing a good thing? Father, am I preaching well? Did I say something that would take me to hell or not? God is your boss. <laughs> then the lies about prayer. Oh, you are fasted and praying, sir. Look at your life. Look at your life. Nothing has happened. Even those who are not fasting and praying are better than you. Hey, let me tell you something. Imagine if you were not fasting and praying. Over on Pai Pony. Now, Mumpai, where you came from, eh? You, you came from the bottomless pit, the valley of the shadow of death. So don't compare yourself with people who are already on the mountain. They were born on the, on the mountain. So they pray small, they are fine. You, you want to pray yourself from the bottomless pit to reach the valley of the shadow of death before you pray again to get to the mountain top. So keep praying. My mother used to tell us something when we were young. Say, Omoa Omusu Kodubu Impo in Kontrufi Domechi. Now Kodu Habre. Those who, who, who carry unripe bananas, even those people, monkeys are chasing them. How much more are you carrying ripe bananas? Chimpanzees will chase you. I, so don't compare. When it comes to serving God, eh, don't compare. Don't contrast. Just focus on your God. Your problem is not my problem. My problem is not your problem. That's why our prayer life is different. That's why our commitment life is different. I know where I've come from. You also know where you have come from. Okay? So I established that last week. Now, I also taught you. Can I get the next slide, please? I also taught you last week about the potency of satanic lies. How effective are satanic lies? We established that lies are a liar. A liar's throat is a grave. It means that lies can kill you. We established that trouble and evil are under the tongue of a liar. Now, when somebody is lying to you, know that the person is transferring trouble and evil. Now, the heart of the liar is deceptive. So, liars deceive us. Now, lies are a destructive force. And finally, I said lies are weapons. I also went on to describe the eight dangerous channels of lies. 
the eight dangerous channels of lies. I discussed that the first group of channels Satan used are those who gossip. That's what the Bible says. Avoid the man who talks too much. Gossipers are talkatives who talk about people. But you see, talking can make you money. Like me, I'm a talkative. But I call myself talkpreneur. I make money talking. I convert my words into, we into wealth. If you talk about people, you don't make money. Talk about ideas. So Satan uses gossipers. Gossipers. I can see them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Hey, they are increasing now. There used to be there used to be five of them. Now they are already thirteen. Lord, we block them from growing. <laughs> All those who didn't say amen, you are suspect. <laughs> now, those who are envious, Satan will use them. Those who are envious. Now, env enviousness is liking something or hating something you like because you did not get. Mm. Mm, look at this. Me, if I want to buy a Range Rover, I could have bought it. But me, I don't waste money like that. Even, even Range Christ, not a good car. It's not a good car. Brother, you were praying for one until I bought mine. Now you hate it. You know why you hate it? You hate it because you did not get it. Two guys are chasing one girl. Fair colored girl. Fair colored girl. And then brother A wins. Brother B says, oh. Me, but I didn't even see where. Even his fair color cry is miss-miss. It's miss-miss. It's miss-miss. That, that's the way envious. That, so that's, you see, when you see people criticizing people and talking against them and speaking, you have to be very careful. And that is always talking about mommy, mommy. What, what marriage you cry? What marriage you cry? Like I should talk about you. <laughs> you, you get it? Like I should talk about you. You see, gossips like bad news. Good people like good news. So when you are talking about good news, they dislike it. Tell us. If I come and stand here right now and say, hey, church, pray for me, eh? Mommy is more treating me. Hey, the gossipers, eh? They will say, amen, daddy, we will pray for you. We will pray for you. Will, because I've given them bad news. They are going to share it. When they get home, they put their bags down. They take their phone say, oh, you are. Oh, you are. But when I say mommy is a loving woman, mommy is a caring woman, do you know, do you know what they will, they, they will say? Should I mean sing? They be out, oh, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you you Okay? Now, those who are false teachers, Satan will use them. Those who are false prophets, Satan will use them. Those who are, who hate the church. There are some people, they hate church. They are just church haters. They are just church haters. Especially, with the charismatic churches, people hate us. Oh, people just hate us. Small boys. When we started, they say, oh, references. Small boys. They will not amount to anything. They sat us from homes. Started meeting on parks. They sat us from the past. We went to classrooms. They sacked us from the classrooms. We went to cinema halls. Before they could sack us, we have bought the cinema halls. Now we are not buying lands. We are buying property. We are, we are, we are just buying communities. Hey, we are just buying communities. When we move to a place like this, we start buying. We start buying. And then the whole street becomes ours. You, you understand? And then when they see how we are doing, and then they become envious. Then they become very envious. I met a, a, a chief of a town that a man of God has gone to build a city. Bible school, um, Bible museum. He has, brought, he has brought development to the village. The man of God can host a conference where over 20,000 people will go to the village. And when they go, they buy food, they leave their wealth for the villagers. Yet there are people in the village who are angry. You know why? Because it's not a disco, it's a church. They just hate the church. Especially the charismatic church. We are hated though. 
We are hated because, you see, success attracts a lot of hate. haters. Me, I know people, people who used to love me, who don't love me again. Hey, when I used to eat soakings, soakings for breakfast, soaking for breakfast, you know, soakings is where you put the gari in water and you put granite on it and with sugar. It's called soakings, so gari. And then the afternoon, I used to eat gobe. By the gobe, you can count the beans because it is plenty gari small beans. Where you put the gari on, on, um, on the sun and you wait for it to just become big, 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 big before you start eating. Oh, people used to love me. They say, oh, this pastor is a very humble pastor. Oh, oh, he's a very humble pastor. In fact, when you go to his house, he doesn't even eat. He just lives on Gary. He's a very humble pastor. A humble pastor. They, they, they love it when we suffer. They, they are church members who love it when their pastors are suffering. Some church members cannot stand the independence of their pastors. Because he must be poor so that we can control him. So that, so that when we call for church board meeting, he will come with his hands at his back. Oh, I have declared my independence of the control of anybody in church. Well, have you seen churches that grow when people control the pastors? They can't preach what they want to preach. They can't say what God is telling them to say. They can't do. We look at the sermons I preach here. My sermons are very hard sermons. Because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid that when you go, this church will collapse. No, 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 I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid that you won't pay tight again. I am, I'm not afraid at all. Because God has blessed me. And has blessed me indeed. The smell of my son is like the smell of a field God has blessed That's what the Bible says. Now, don't be afraid to celebrate your testimony. To celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at all. You build a house and you say, hey, I don't want anybody to hear. I don't want anybody to hear. So God says, okay, I, I was going to give you an estate. But if nobody wants to, you don't want anybody to hear about how I bless you, then I won't bless you again. The media and the, the, so I shared all these things. Now today I want to just conclude by telling you something. Now, how do you fight these lies? You fight them. You fight these lies with the belt of truth. Truth, truth, truth. The only way to fight lies is truth. It's not to fight lies with lies. You fight lies with what? Truth. So how do you fight lies with truth? Put on the belt of truth. And I want to quickly show you this. Now, so what is truth? What is truth? And how do you exercise truth? How do you use truth to fight lies? John 8 verse 32. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So the truth will set you free from what? The truth will set you free from lies. You know what lies is? When, when you get into a room and there's no light and you are in darkness, that's how, light, that's how lies are. They can destroy you, separate your marriage, destroy you, kill you before your time. But the Bible says you will know the truth. So, so first, you have to know the truth about all the things the devil is saying lies about. You have to know the truth about God. You have to know the truth about yourself. You have to know the truth about the church. You have to know the truth about your pastor. You have to know the truth about your husband. You have to know the truth about your wife. You have to know the truth. And the truth that you have to know is what will set you free. So how do you measure truth? Can you, can you judge my truth by my family history? No. You cannot say, oh, it is true that this family, they are poor. It is true. It is true. That is not the truth. That is, a, that, is, that is not the truth. That is a fact. But it's not the truth. So it's a fact. It's a fact that you are sick. But the truth is that you are healed by his blood, by his stripes. Okay? You were healed by his stripes. So there's a difference between facts and truth. Sometimes we accept facts as truth. Okay? So then they can tell you, oh, this man. Like, like, do you know that when I was going to marry mommy, okay, people said things that were facts about me, but they were gossips. 
because it was my private matter. So one woman, one woman who, when my father died, was one spiritual woman that we respected. And my mother didn't know that woman, but we knew the woman because of her children. And we brought the woman to come and witness to my mother and, get my, and console my mother because we saw her as a spiritual woman. So my mother opened up and told my mother all the problems. My mother told her all the problems of our family. And it just happened that when I met mommy, that woman was one of mommy's spiritual mentors. So when mommy told her and told mommy that we are dating, she said, Olivia, the house, don't go there. So that everything my mother told that woman, she started telling mommy. And most of the things she said, they were facts. But they were not the truth. So I decided to fight those facts with my truth. And the truth I fought with, I will show you. Oh yes, yes, before I met you, I, I, I was a playboy. Yes, before I met you, I was a slave queen. Yes, before I met you, I, I, I was a, a quick-tempered man. Yes, I have a history of, of, of cheating on women. But that was before I met Jesus. So these are facts, but and let me tell you the truth. Okay? Yeah, I come from a poor family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody has built a house in the family before. Nobody has built a house. I know, I know. Whoever told you said the facts. But let me tell you the truth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what is truth? What is truth? John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. For thy word is truth. Every man is a liar. Every principle is a liar. Everything taught outside the word of God is a lie. The only truth is God's word. So whatever you receive, you must judge it by God's word. You must judge it by God's word. Whatever the doctor has said is not the truth. It may be a fact, but the truth is in God's word. And you have to discover it. I, I, a friend of mine, his mother, gave birth to 11 children. 10 of them, guys, all of them pastors. The mother had only one fallopian tube. And that one that is left was blocked. And doctor said she couldn't give birth. She went before the Lord and quoted scriptures. And your wife said, I should be fruitful and multiply. I believe it. I believe it. I'm a Hebrew woman. I believe your, work, your word will work. That woman said to the Lord, if you give me children, I'll give them to you. She gave birth to 11. The first was a woman. The last 10 men, every one of them became pastor, pastors. They were all pastors. Pastors. She was a patron of my youth ministry when I was a youth pastor. And we used to sit down and talk. And she used to encourage me. So when I met mommy, she was the one of the women I took mommy to. We were listening to this woman who is walking in the truth of God's word. Not in the lies of people. Not in the lies of people. You are building, you see, you have surrounded yourself with people who don't quote God's word. Who don't speak God's word. Who don't see you through God's word. They see you through your family. They see you through your friends. They see you through your history. They see you through your background. They see you through your human personality. But they don't see you through God's word. How God's word can reform you and can change your life. They don't. So, so the woman said about me to mommy, what the woman said were facts. But mommy measured me by the truth of God's word. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Everything you do in this world, judge it on the base of God's word. Okay? On the base of God's word. If, 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 if it is not in the word, it is a lie. I raise my children on the base of God's word. I marry my wife on the base of God. I relate with everybody on the base of God's word. On the base of God's word. That's why you see this church here. That's why I teach you the word. You cannot become a very good Christian. Just me prophesying on you. I have to teach you the word. I have to be patient and teach you. 
I love it when the church is quiet like this. And I'm talking to you and all of you are looking at me. Because you know what? I'm building you. I want you to make heaven. I want you to be a good Christian. I want you to love the Lord. I want your life to change. The way the world can change you. It can change anything around you. So let me, let me quickly show you this. Okay, so let's go. Now. So, so now here, here it is. So now we know that you are set free by the truth. Now we know that the truth is God's word. How do you now apply it? How do you now use it? Look at this scripture. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. <laughs> so you have to study the word. And you don't have to be ashamed that you are a Bible-believing Christian. You don't have to be apologetic, apologetic about your faith. You don't have to compromise. Once it's in the word, it is workable. Once it's in the word, it will work. You must be a word-based Christian. Now he says, steady to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that to be rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, you must apply it. You must practice it. You must walk the word. Talk the word. Act the word. Sleep the word. Wake up in the word. You, you shouldn't make a statement without quoting the scripture. Once you do these things, eh, I'm telling you, you begin to walk in the truth of God's word. They say you die in three months by cancer. The time you realize you are living for 15 years. Because that is the truth of God's word. They say you will not amount to anything. The time they realize you are paying their school fees. Because the truth of God's word. Are you here? They suck you from the job. The time you realize they dwell that you have bought the company and you have, you have employed them. It is possible. God's word is possible. He makes everything possible. His word, his word is unlimited. Everything shall pass away. But the word of the Lord will remain forever. Will remain forever. If you like, if you like, the next 30 days, the next 30 days, commit yourself to the study of scriptures. See the impact. It begins by reforming you. And then after that reformed you, it starts reforming everything around you. When I look at my children, I'm satisfied. The way they behave. And when you come to this church, I don't introduce my children. You don't even know they are my children. You won't find them to be pompous. You won't find them to be braggart. You won't, you won't find them. Pastor Kevin won't let anything go. He's my firstborn. If you want to fight him, you will never get him to fight. He will just walk away and leave you. He will not let anyone of you feel, my daddy is the bishop. Yeah, my daddy is the bishop. Man. Who are you? Who, you, who? No, 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 no. Because you see, my house, my, my, my house is a word-based house. My family is a word-based family. My life, I've pastored you for over 20 years. I have not brought you controversy. I have not brought you scandal. I have become a very good ambassador of you. Because I am a word-based pastor. Because I'm a word-based pastor. And if all of you, when you go, count your blessings since you start under me. your blessings. See how you came here and who you are now. Count your blessings. Write them. Write them. Write them. Write them. You see, I've told you something. Eh? Sometimes eh, greed will not appreciate it when God meets your need. God does not feed your greed. He meets your need. Hmm. Word based. Word based. Okay. Can we go? Now, the importance of studying God's word. The importance of studying God's word. Number one. Number one. The word of God is light. Okay? Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. And gives understanding to simple. You see, you are, you, you'll be walking in the lives of your family, walking in the lives of people that Satan has told you. Once you start studying God's word, and the word of God enters you, the entrance of his word. The entrance, you see, as I'm preaching now, eh? The word of God, some of you, it hits you and it falls. 
while others are picking it, they are eating it, it's going into them, they are making notes, they are writing it, they'll go back home, read again, they'll play it again, and then the word will suddenly enter them, and then the word enters them, and then there is light. Oh, you begin to know the truth. It's like staying in darkness, and you have eaten, see, a, a guy here is wearing white clothes, and he has eaten fufu and in Benkwan, and that's so, but he ate it in darkness, you don't see it, and then suddenly light comes on. Wow, look at me. Then he changes. That's the word of God is. My life took a turning when I went with my father to our hometown to spend two weeks. And I had nothing to do. I went with the New Testament. I read the entire New Testament in two weeks. My life turned. I came back preaching, confident. Oh, Charlie, powerful things. The word of God changed my life. I used to tell you, in my class, uh, people, um, school, class of 45 people. I was always around 40, sometimes 43. There were, there were always some two or three people who would usually say, brother, we got your back. <laughs> brother, we are standing by you. We don't want you to be disgraced. And you know, you know, you know, and most, uh, you know, and then I got born again. I started devoting my time to studying God's word. And the Bible says it gives understanding to the simple. My first examination, I was fought. Second examination, after born again, I was third. And then second, and then first in Guam. <laughs> Study God's word, apply God's word, and you'll be successful. Sort of sticking on that um, um, Christians here. You know what they do? They do betting. Bet, bet, bet power or, power or something. Today, today, they are, yesterday they better, they, they scored their teams. They have lost money. So they can't give offering today. <laughs> Not to, you see, what will make you rich? They are all in the Bible. I, I discovered it. You remember um, in the wooden structure, when I came, I said, I have some principles I'm going to teach you. Please, I want you to, I said, I was a poor pastor. I said, I want you to follow. You were there when I was teaching it. I said, apply these principles. If you don't apply them and God start blessing me, don't be envious of me. I used to say, I'll buy a car and I'll write at the back of the back, if I'm home, I thought you were there. I taught those principles. I taught them. I taught them. You were there. I taught them. I started applying it. I started applying it. My life has transformed. There's nothing I've done outside God's word. I just got admission to do another PhD in, in theology. I'm just going to devote myself the next three years to study God's word. Just to study God's word. God's word. I'll give my second doctrine. I'm not lazy about reading and studying. At my age. At your age. Now, when I see my face in God's word, and you see your face in Facebook, we can all, not all look the same. We can all look the same. Whilst I'm looking at my face in God's word, you are looking at your face in Facebook. TikTok videos. TikTok videos. That's why you don't move fast. You move tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. <laughs> okay, number two, number two. Number two, number two. Number two, the word of God is like a mirror. Yeah, yeah. James 1, 23. Anyone who listens to the word, anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what he says, it's like someone who looks at the mirror in his face. Can we go on? Okay, so, add, 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 so, so you have to, who looks at the mirror in the face and forget his face? Because the word of God is like a mirror. Can you, can you move from here and go to the scripture? Let's read all, eh? From verse 23. I want to see that scripture. The word of God is a mirror. It shows you who you are. Brothers at audiovisual, are you there? The word of God is like a mirror. It shows you who you are. It shows you who you are. Don't let people tell you who you are. The word of God will truly tell you. It won't lie to you. 24. Anyone who listens to the word of God, but does not do what he says, is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets who, what he looks like. So as I'm preaching right now, I'm telling you who you are. Now, take this word and practice it. Obey it. Obey. When you walk in disobedience, it's against, it's, it, it disadvantages you. 
But when you hear God, I, I told you that when I was in my teens, when I go to church like this and my pastor preaches, I will preach it to everybody I meet on the streets. I'll preach it to you. I'll deliberately walk from Labadi to Adabraka. I'll pass through Ozu. And when I catch you, I'll share the word of God with you. And I'll preach what my pastor has said. Even though I didn't understand most of it, I'll still preach it. I'll just quote what he said verbatim. I'll just tell them. I'll just be telling. Because as I kept sharing it, it I started practicing it. Today, look at how, who I am. Look at where I am. Look at who I am. Nobody created me. The word of God created me. The word of God created me. The word of God created me. My life is sustained by his word. Believe it. Listen, there's something called benchmarking. There's an example of what God's word can do standing before you. What example again do you need? What example again do you need? What example again do you need? I'm here. I am telling you what God's word can do and I'm sharing my testimony. can change you. You know how people used to tease me? That I was ugly. I was not a nice guy. I was this. I was that. I was that. But when I looked into the word of God, I didn't see I was ugly. I saw, saw that I was created in the image of God. I just saw in the word of God that I'm moving from glory to glory. Glory to I focused on what God's word was telling me. What were the other people was telling me? Now look at me. Look at me. Yesterday, my son Nana came to see me and mommy's wedding picture. He said, Daddy, how old were you? I said, 24. And you didn't have beard. I said, Nana, I didn't have beard even when I came to Sprinter's Road. And then you know what he said? He put his hand and said, said, Daddy, then I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not getting beard now. <laughs> because they say he looks like me. So if I didn't have beard at 24 and I ran 30, I didn't have beard. Then, then he is dead. And the guy is waiting for beard. Because some way, some way, the new girls in town, they don't like godly men. They like bearded men. No matter how you are anointed, if you don't like, if you don't have beard, the girls don't like you. So all the men are trying to leave some beard. So when they meet their sisters, they do like this. Pastor Gavin has gotten a nice girl with that beard. Because mommy kept telling him, you can't, you can't leave your beard. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then he come to me and said, Daddy, please tell mommy that I'm not a man. I'm not a man. I need to leave my beard. I'm not a man. I said, buddy, as far as your parents are alive, you always be a son. <laughs> when you marry, tell your wife you are a man. Tell your children you are a father. But when you come before us, you are. You, you belong to us. You belong to us. Now, do you know, if you come, oh. My, my father's bigger children, when they had PhD and all those things, when they come to my father, they kneel down. Nobody came to my father to try to say that, I'm not a grown up. I'm not a grown up. Grown up. One man's daughters went to their daddy. We don't like the way when we go out, you ask us to come at this time and all those things. We are grown-up girls. We are grown-up girls. He said, as far as you live in my house, and you breathe the air in my house. Breathe the air in my house. You have to listen to me. Me, as far as my DNA is in you. Even if I die, if I die, I'm waiting for rapture. But if I, de if I decide to die, to just go and rest with the Lord. I will close my eyes and open the other. <laughs> okay, okay. Can, can we move on from here? Now, the word of God is a seed. So let me show you something. Luke 8 verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Now, because the word of God is a seed, the we preach like this, it is planted in you. And then it begins to grow. 
So sometimes you think that I've heard the word of God, I've not seen anything. But as you pray, you are watching it. As you study more, you are watching it. The time you realize the word of God is forming in your life, it's shaping you, it's shaping you, and then you begin to realize that you are scripture personified. Somebody will offend you and you smile, and they come to you and say, Hey, you of all people, you of all people, the word of God is growing in you. The word of God is growing in you. You of all people, the word of God is growing in you. Number four. Number four, the word of God is like hammer. It breaks every hardened truth, every hardened lies. Sometimes some lies can become a stronghold in your mind. Jeremiah 23, verse 29, write it down. It's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Number five, the word of God is like food. It helps you to grow. As you grow spiritually, you begin to know the truth yourself. First Peter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it, you may grow in your salvation. You may grow in your salvation. As you grow, you begin to know the truth. When I met mommy, she, she didn't used to eat Gary, the food I, I used to manage myself with. I said, Gary said, no, when I eat Gary, I will fall sick. I said, who told you? Say, my mother. So I'm not been eating Gary. You know my champagne, my champagne. I mean, cassava yams. Cassava, with my friend. Cassava. I, one day she came to visit me. That day we were cutting. And I used to credit food from a woman. She didn't have food. The only thing she had was cassava and things. I was going to credit yams. I bought cassava, did cassava, nice cassava yams for. And then she, she went back home to go and vomit. But when she married me and now she has grown, she realized that all that the mother said to them we're not always true. Oh, now she'll be there. Sir, sir. The bachelor, when you Gary, photo mommy. See, I thought you didn't like Gary. Jawa said. Have you ever seen Gary photo? She said, seriously. Now she likes Gary more than me. Hey! <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Abrafosem, hey, this girl I've gone to date, she'd be coming on a high hill. She used to like, hey, high hill with a belt, and then she used to like um, suspenders, braces. She should be coming, okay, 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 I look at her, I say, you, I will grow you <laughs> to look like me. <laughs> Okay, mm -hmm. the word of God, the word of God. Okay, number six. The word of God is like fire. It burns every life away. Every life. Jeremiah 23 verse 29. It's not my word like fire. You see, when you study God's word, you become like fire. You become like fire. Witches and wizards will run away from you. You become like fire. Study God's word. Invest into all this app you have put on your phone, that you, you have put all this app on your phone that is chopping your data and all those things that you don't even use. Download Bibles. Download audio Bibles. Play them in your car. When you are going, play the audio Bibles in your car. When you are going to sleep, put the audio Bible on and sleep with it. And see how your life will change. He created everything by his word. Why can't, you create, why can't he create a marriage for you by his word? Why didn't you create a comfortable life for you by his word? Look at everything around us. was created by God's word. Study the word. And love a Bible-believing church like this. Okay, 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 okay. Now, look at this. Look at Can we move on? The word of God is like water. It washes away every lie. Ephesians 5.26 Make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. As I'm preaching right now, the word of God is washing those Watching those who are really open to hear this word. Next. Okay. Eight. The word of God is like a lamp. It's like a lamp. It, it orders your steps so that you don't make mistakes. Lies are traps. Lies are traps. They are like scorpions on your path. Lies are like scorpions. If you believe them, it will kill you. So the word of God will deliver you. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I heard the story of 
when mommy and I, after our wedding, visited their father in the farming village. So mommy's father was an agric extension officer and had a large farm in some village. So we went to visit him. And then after dinner, he had another house, an art house. So we were going to sleep there, me and my new bride. So whilst we were going, it was dark. There was no light in the village. We were walking on the footpath. I was so scared. Every step I was taking, like I was going to land on scorpion or snake. I mean, like, and then the old man just came from his behind and I said, oh no, wait, 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 wait. And he came to hand over a lamp for us. Come and see the confidence. Once I took the lamp and placed the lamp in front of me. Ka, 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 ka. You see, one of the reasons why you are so afraid and scared in life is because you are not sure of what you are stepping into. But the word of God, when it is inside you, shows you the path. You see, when people are around us, who are around some of us who, have, who are studios and the word of God is inside us, you think we rush. We don't rush. We know what you are doing. Your fears are not our fears, so. Your fears are not our fears. Before we come out of our prayer room, you know what God has told us. And whatever God tells you is from the inside of you. He, he activates his word. God doesn't tell you anything outside his word. Okay? So he activates his word inside you. It comes back to you. It comes back to you. It comes back to you. So if you don't hear from God, the reason why most people are following prophets and prophets here, prophets there, is because they, there's no way that can be activated so they can't hear from God. They don't hear from God. If the word of God is inside you, when you are worshipping, it's activated and God will be talking to you. God will be speaking to you. God will be talking to you. Okay, now let me conclude with this drawing. No, no, there's a drawing. David, the drawing I gave you. Not this one. Uh-huh, this one. Now, how to study God's word. I'll conclude with this. So we are fighting lies with God's word. And how to study God's word. Now, decision number one is you have to make a decision. You see, whatever you don't decide you want to do, you can never do it. Everything has a beginning. So today, make up your mind that from this day, I'm going to study God's word every day. I'm going to read one chapter every day. It's a decision. You must make it now. Don't postpone it. You can never do it until you make a decision. Until you make a decision. Without a decision, you can never do anything. Make a decision now. Make up your mind now. Make up your mind now. And then number two, discipline. Listen. Other things will be competing for your attention, Facebook, radio, TV, TikTok, Instagram, um, Snapchat. What again? Eh? Twitter. All those things will be competing for attention. So you have to be very disciplined to say everything off for the next 30 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour, I want to spend time with God in his word. It, it, it takes discipline. It doesn't come early, easy like that. It takes discipline to do it. It takes discipline to do it. Now, can we now move this soldier down so that people can see? The soldier. Carry it well. I've owned this soldier for a long time. Who, who wants it? Who wants this soldier? Hey, hey. Okay, now, when you're studying God's word, you must be deliberate about what you want to study. Okay, you can say that, okay, this month I'm reading the book of John. Don't just, don't do CCC with God's word. CCC, C, Nanako, Krata, Bongo, and then maybe they have no. Sometimes it can be topical. I want to read about, about righteousness. I want to read about marriage. I want to read about this month I'm studying righteousness or holiness or marriage. Or finance. Okay? So you get like concordance. You get things that will help you identify all those scriptures and read it. One day I was looking for a word. And there were over a thousand um, scriptures. I said, I'll study all. Because I want the best to preach. Over a thousand scriptures. I read all. And some of them, the verse will not make sense until you read a number of verses. I took Madame the whole day. I read all. 
and got clarity. I think I'll be able to come and stand here and teach you and connect all these dots for you to understand God's word. If I'm not studying it, it's discipline. Discipline. Put some things aside. And then deliberateness. What do you want to know about God? It's in his word. What do you want to hear from God? It's in his word. You have to know what you want to study. You are going through financial difficulties. Study God's financial principles. Look for the term prosperity. Look for the term um, blessing. Look for all those things and start reading them. Now, you have, I used to walk to Talent Bushel to go and buy Concordance. Now you can have all of them on your phone. And you can research, you can search. Buy data. And some of them that you can download. Buy data and use it. Instead of using this data to do things that will not benefit you. Every day you are looking for data. For what purpose? For what purpose? TikTok purpose. That's why your life is TikToking. Mm-hmm. And then devotion. Now listen. You can study God's word in isolation of, of your other spiritual destiny. So pray, praise, worship before you study. They must come together. They must come together. Pray before. Ask God to help you to understand the word. Before you open it. They must come together. And then deliciousness. The word of God must be delicious to you. If you don't enjoy it, you cannot read it. So pray the Lord, let your word taste good to me. Okay? I told you how me and mommy we study. She can be in the room, can be in my room, and then she will shout. Yeah! I said, what is this? Shout, shout, I've caused some revelation. So I'm there, so I also shout. Then she will run and say, honey, is everything all right? Sally? I'm studying his word. I just got something. There's a joy that comes when you pray before you study it. And when you are connected to God, there's this joy that is transmitted into your spirit. Some of you stand there, they're not kind of. I, I'm not surprised you don't have no experience. You start the way I'm telling you. Gradually, you will get there. It's delicious. And then declare it. When you study God's word, declare it. Preach to someone. Tell somebody about Preach to yourself and preach to someone. Charlie, today I was studying my Bible, eh, and I got this, and I got this. Sometimes, eh, mommy will preach his old studies to me. Because she just wants to declare it. So that she'll come and catch me in my bathroom, standing there, preaching the word of God to myself. My daughter, Debia, will always come and say, hey, Daddy, Today, too, you are preaching to yourself. You are pre- Go to the church and preach to them. <laughs> I will preach God's word to myself. And I'll preach it very, very well. I never preach a sermon I've not preached to myself. I was just talking to my son, Pastor Kevin, the last time, on how I prepare my sermons, how many, how long the sermon remains in my spirit, and I pray with it, and I preach, I preach it to myself over and over and over and over. So I'll be driving with me, and mommy will say, honey, that's the car, let me come and drive. I say, why? I say, your mind is somewhere. I say, it's true. God is talking to me right now as I'm, as I'm driving, telling me something. And then finally, discerning. When you are studying God's word, you must ask him to give you revelation from his word. A prophetic direction from his word. A prophetic direction from his word. And he will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his word. His, re- his word is the most reliable source of prophecy. Do you, do you know that when you fetch water at the tap and the water comes, you will see some particles inside. It's not from the original source. Oh, it's not from Ghana Water Company. The pipes that it passed through, the pipes, all the pipes that it passed through, some of them are, are, have rusted. So it comes through in a piece particle. That's how it is. We know in past, we prophesy in past. A prophet, when God gives a prophet a pure word, it passes through the emotions of the prophet. By the time it gets to you, the prophet has added some. No, it's the false prophet. But it's human nature. It's human nature. But the word of God is so pure that if, if you get revelation from his word, don't doubt it. Act on it. It will work. Okay? That is why you must study the word of God. You have to devote your time to study the word of God. So this week, I'm declaring the Bible reading challenge. The Bible reading challenge this week. We are all reading the book of John. The Bible reading. When you finish reading, eh, share on the church platform what you have read. Please, I beg you this week, eh, don't put anything funny on church platform. Don't put this thing, somebody doing like this and somebody doing like that. You are the, that's the only thing you put there. You don't put scripture, you don't put anything. I beg you, this weekend, let's keep the platform very spiritual. If we're not the platform, when we close, 
uh, Mami Sewa Bonsu, are you there? When we close, you are going out. There's a lady there. Her name is Mami Sewa Bonsu, the smallest quail in the world. Talk to her. She'll write your name. We'll put you on the church platform. When you read, share on the platform what you have read. If, if you can't write anything, you, the scripture you read, just some scripture that ministered to you, put it there. I declare this week a Bible reading challenge. Okay? Now, the Wednesday service, Pastor Constance will teach you on how to study the Bible. Okay? And then, Friday evening, Pastor Sammy will lead you in a prayer called Activating the Word. Okay? Activating the Word. So, it's a week of the Word. Rise that begin to pray. Rise that begin to pray. That, Lord, let me be desirous. Let me be, hung let me be hungry for your Word. Let me be hungry for your Word. Just lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Just lift up your voice and pray. I want to be desirous of your word. I want to be desirous of your word. I want to desire your word. I want to desire your word. I want to desire your word, Lord. Mm. I want to desire your word. I want to desire your word, Lord. Help me to desire your word. Help me to desire your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.